You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Well, hello, David and Byron. Hey, Tyler. Hey, hey. It, is, uh, it is good to be talking about uh, more of the book of Acts. David, you preached on Sunday in Acts chapter 2. Lots going on in Acts chapter 2. In fact, there's a lot going on in the entire book of Acts. We got yeah. persecution starting in the early church. You have things like tongues and prophecy coming up here and there throughout the book of Acts. Um, oftentimes, there's a lot of attention that's given to some of these smaller narratives throughout Acts. But on Sunday, David, you had mentioned that it's important for us to focus on the bigger narrative and the bigger purpose of the book. Would you just mind taking a couple minutes and just reminding us of that and some of maybe some of the big picture items that we should be looking for and keeping our minds set on as we're moving through this book? Yeah, I think uh, I think, first of all, it, it is striking in the book of Acts when we read about prophecy and tongues, we want to go right away and talk more about prophecy and tongues. Um, and specifically, is it still for today? Does it extend to the church today? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what is, uh, you know, what is prophecy? Um, and uh, what, it, what are tongues? Uh, and my point Sunday morning was the difference between the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think what was emphasized in Peter's sermon was the gift of the Holy Spirit and just to celebrate the gift so we can divert all of our attention to, well, let's let's get in some of the controversy, um, the yep. gracious controversy of uh, prophecy and tongues and just miss out on the magnificence of the moment that um, the Old Testament looked forward to the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Among the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, you have the new covenant, you have... Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know the establishment of the church, um, uh, Jews and Gentiles coming together. So much is taking place to celebrate, and we get bogged down in controversy. Now I, don't, I you know as we go through Acts, we'll continue to or we'll talk about it at times. Although once again, it's amazing how little it's actually talked about in Scripture. Yeah. Um, the bigger movements are, are are the emphasis in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Now, Byron, oftentimes, like as Christians. We want to look for that special God moment, that special God experience, um, thinking that that's going to enlighten us, that's going to bring us closer in our relationship with God. If we just had some kind of supernatural experience, now what would you what would you say how 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 we should balance that with the truth of God's word? Um, does God speak to us in these supernatural, crazy experiences, um, or does He just speak to us through His word? I don't know that it has to be one or the other, but I guess for me, there's a difference between demanding something or expecting that it must happen as opposed to recognizing, okay, that might happen, but my faith isn't based or relying on something. So when we think of the supernatural, the spectacular Mm -hmm. things that we read about in a book like the book of Acts, Is it telling us that these are the things that should be happening? Is this what we should be expecting when we get together on our Sunday morning services or Bible studies or sharing the gospel with a friend? Mm -hmm. 
Or is this telling us what did happen? Sometimes the terms are, is this prescriptive, telling us what should happen, or is it just descriptive? That's one of the big questions about how do we handle the book mm -hmm. of Acts. But if we're saying God is sharing and telling us about what he did in establishing the church, that's one way of approaching things. Mm -hmm. And we start living that out. And the rest of scriptures, the rest of the New Testament are filling in those details with, with letters, etc. So can God do miracles and wondrous things? Absolutely. Am I expecting them or demanding them and I'm not going to function without them? I don't think we need to go that far. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, David. If I, if I can just interrupt, Tyler, yeah. I, I think uh, even, even the way sometimes the question is, is asked, um, and that's what I found so striking about Acts 2. Um, the Holy Spirit comes, uh, and you have um, people hearing the magnificent um, acts of God. In uh, chapter 2, verse uh, 11, 12, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. There was so much, I mean, the gospel is a supernatural experience. It um, is. The indwelling, the pouring out, the, mm -hmm. you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon conversion is such, I mean, our entire existence as believers is a supernatural experience. And I think, you know, in, in a healthy conversation to know that, um, uh, when we talk about these things is to be able to say, like, are we missing out on, it's, it's almost like if we, if certain things don't happen in our lives, um, then we mm -hmm. might be missing out on the supernatural, but mm -hmm. what more could we, um, the death and life and ascension mm -hmm. and then the yeah. descension of the Holy Spirit filling our lives and powering. I mean, uh, the book of Acts is all about the, um, you know, the boldness and the unhindered moving of the Spirit um, and the spread of the gospel among Jews and Gentiles. So it really, um, you know, whether, like to Byron's point, whether it's descriptive or prescriptive, um, or in trying to find that balance um, in, this, in the redemptive story, it is a supernatural work when people are saved. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you see, you see Paul the apostle really describe this through his epistles. You see this in yeah. in, um, yeah. in Ephesians and in Galatians. That it is Christ who is now living inside of us, yeah. and He is creating. Uh, he we are His workmanship. He is creating something in us, and we are to we are to look to Him where He is seated at at the right hand of God. So there is incredible spiritual. Um, experiences happening yeah. within the life of the believer once we once we get saved which brings me to this to this question um is the baptism of the holy spirit talk mentioned it on sunday a little bit but sometimes there's confusion around that byron would you like to just uh talk about that just just a moment about the baptism of the holy spirit what is it maybe david you come in with some thoughts afterwards Baptism of the Holy Spirit, a special event that had been predicted, that was intended, that was described, and they recognized, wow, this has changed the way we function. Um, it's mentioned in a few different places in Acts, but you just see the change here. As, as an example in Acts 2. It's not like the Holy Spirit acted when they spoke in tongues and the flames were there and they heard what sounded like a wind. 
and then he stepped back and Peter took over. He acted in a, a way that was beyond normal, supernatural, and then Peter spoke. And in many ways, that was much more normal in how we would evaluate things. But his speaking was filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit used it. It was just as much a Holy Spirit act. So the Holy Spirit came. That initial coming had particular flags that marked it as, wow, what's going on here? Something unusual is happening. And then you move back to the, okay, he's going to share what's going on, and look what the Spirit does with it. It's just a fascinating development there. Now, as it goes on, you have other unique events, I would argue, uh, when people who weren't there, people groups, as it were, are brought into the church. And once again, when they see this, you see a baptism mm. again. Uh, there's a couple of events. And I think it's just unifying the church to recognize they're all one. There's not church A, church B, and church C. There's one church all under the apostles that he has set as his witnesses and his leaders. So the Spirit comes and baptizes and they are now living in the Spirit. They're now acting in the Spirit, and they don't have to go back for a refill. They don't have to do a repeat. They have to commit themselves to following the Spirit's leading and guidance, but they're carrying on in that because it's the start of a new way of life. Great. David, would you add anything to that? Yeah, it's interesting. I was, I was doing some reading on this this past week, and uh, there are um, six texts in Scripture, uh, Matthew 3, 11, Mark 1, 8, Luke 3, 16, Acts 1, verse 5, and 11, verse, chapter 11, verse 16, and then 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. So the Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, and uh, the Acts passage really all repeat... Um, the, the same event, which was a prophecy about Jesus baptizing his followers with the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, so when we, come to, when we come to the book of Acts, we see that baptism um, is uh, predicted or prophesied or told um, again with mm-hmm. the same quote uh, in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Um, as and then again in chapter eleven, which is when the holy when the they're baptized, the, the Gentiles are baptized in the spirits for the spread of the Gentiles. So you have it among the Jews and the Gentiles, uh, and then the the final passage is First uh, Corinthians twelve thirteen that says, "For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or uh, Gentiles, whether slaves or free." And we were all given one spirit to drink. So it's interesting because when we uh, think about the baptism of the spirit, uh, as predicted by John the Baptist, it was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost and Cornelius. Yep. Uh, so, um, and that's that's the repeating of the New Testament passage five times. And then the second and only other text of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is First uh, Corinthians twelve thirteen. So this um, and First Corinthians twelve thirteen is important. Because uh, the baptism, first of all, occurs at conversion. It's not a second experience after conversion. 
Um, and as Byron mentioned, we, you know, th- there's other ways that, that um, the Spirit has talked about, like you're filled with the Spirit um, or uh, other ways. Baptism is actually, it's just referred to six times. And, and 1 Corinthians 12, 13, uh, so it's not just that the Spirit occurs, um, baptism of the Spirit occurs at conversion, but it, the emphasis is really all Christians were baptized with the Spirit, not just some. So um, upon, and this is the beautiful thing, we are immersed um, yeah. in the power and the presence and the protection yeah. um, and the, the hope of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, that, so, so I think baptism of the Holy Spirit is this amazing moment when God's Spirit is poured out uh, initially on the church, that one-time event. Um, and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit continues to be poured out on believers um, as they come to faith in Him. Mm. What an encouraging theological truth to hold to and to just be reminded of that God would care so much for us, uh, his children, that he would pour his spirit out onto us and he would give us his spirit um, at the at the moment of salvation. So how can we take a truth like this? And in closing, we got about a minute and a half left. How can we take a truth like this and apply that to our lives today. Do either of you have a couple quick thoughts? I would say just knowing nobody's second class. Yeah, nobody's second class. I would, and I would also mm-hmm. add to that, um, just thinking about it, just meditating yeah. on. You are not alone. Um, the Father gave the victorious Son the Spirit. The Spirit mm-hmm. um, was sent by Jesus. Uh, and, and the Father to us to to um, to enjoy and to know um, His presence. Uh, so just to be able to meditate on it and say, um, even in our weakness, He gives strength. In our confusion, mm-hmm. He gives wisdom. Uh, and and uh, to experience so much of His love and forgiveness and righteousness and mm. truth and all that um, is going on in our life. Mm. Amen. And if he can use Peter, he yeah. can use us. That's yeah, right. we weren't witnesses all the way, but like they said, oh, who are these uneducated guys? Yeah. Hey, it's not what it's about. Yeah. The Holy Spirit can use us, and he gets the honor. And the emphasis that Peter puts on those truths of the gospel and those truths of Scripture when he's writing, saying that these truths are much better than the experience that I even had, that the prophets of old had. Um, so this is a this is a really this is a really encouraging thing to be to be looking at. Very applicable, um, something that we need today. So, praise the Lord. Here, here. Thanks, Tyler.